0: Well, the American cradle of liberty. Look at you,
1: you're a freak. What are we alive for, except to grab all the kicks we can, to contaminate our society?
2: Now being
1: renovated. Mr. Dowd, Podcasting
3: live from week fifty-six of the national health crisis. This is still the worst little podcast in the world. And I am still your host, Reverend Rory Dowd. Behind the curtains, we've got the regular cast of weirdos. Uh, Uncle Nicky, Uncle Ricky, and little Ian is here. But better than that, our wonderful guest, a great man, Shannon Dobbs.
1: On the worst little podcast, we're talking out of our ass.
3: Hi there. Hey. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. Hola. How are y'all feeling? Fucking great.
4: Uh, the Bien. Good. you get your shots um. yet? Who's got their shots? I've gotten mine. First shot. Tomorrow first. I go in at three o'clock for my first one. Yay.
2: Yay. We go. are
4: that much closer to a live
3: podcast again. God, what is that? Happens? We can
5: do those things. Yay.
1: Be great. I've been talking to guests and telling it. them
3: we're we're looking at end of May, beginning of June, theoretically. So We'll see what happens. And I know all of you out there in internet land are just waiting for the return of, um, what do you call that? Uh, more professionalism. Yes. yes.
2: That,
3: um, <laughs> waiting for the return of way more work for Rick and Ian. Exactly.
0: Dude, you guys, Saturday. I got to go to a real live fucking concert on Saturday. What the fuck? Vaccinated. R-
4: Where? What happened? What was it? What was it? What was it
0: like? Oh man, it was the 10-year loudest folk anniversary at Crystal Bay.
3: Very cool.
0: And it was Brian and Rach Bot from Buster Blue. Oh my god. Greg Gilmore Spike and Willie T. Taylor. And it was magical. Holy shit. I mean, it was the first like I saw Gina Rose a couple of weeks ago at Black Rabbit meadery and that was fun but like this was the first like real show with like a band and like a stage and the whole nine yards. And there were so many people there. It was super socially distanced. You had to buy tickets in twos and fours. Everything was six feet apart. Um, and then they only sold half capacity tickets. It was, it was nice. But was that's
3: nice. better than zero capacity tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I saw so many friends and it, it was just oh, so that's nice. Wonderful. I got to like, I, I made sure people were vaccinated before I hugged them, but I actually get to like hug my friends for the first time in a year.
3: That is both cool. wonderful and uh, daunting.
0: Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> like I, I, I want to see people, and then I go, but do I? <laughs> like I've gotten so used, I've gotten so used to not having those
4: social skills. Yep. Yeah, we could, we can at least fist bump again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll do that.
0: (laughs) It was so jealous. Everybody, everybody was in my same shoes. Like everybody was just like starved for like platonic affection and company and just random small talk and bullshit you do while you're smoking on a patio drinking at a show. You know, it was, (sighs) it was, it was like, (laughs)
4: that's cool. Yeah. How was the music?
0: Oh, it's fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Willie T played with a three-piece band, which was really rad. And Brian and Rachel were freaking awesome together as they
3: always. Yeah. Just magic.
0: If anybody wants to listen to them, uh, we will link their episode in the blog post because they were on like, I think two years ago, maybe. Yeah. I actually have the recordings from theirs. Uh, Rick sent me all the all the songs and i burned them to a cd and it's just randomly been in my car stereo for like six months (laughs) so
4: (laughs) was it them together or
5: was it with spencer Mm -mm.
0: um no no, it was
5: just them it it, was one of the first shows that i came back to
0: yeah failure machine was on before too but brian and rachel specifically were on together
5: yeah Uh, okay cool
0: yeah
5: yeah they're great
0: yeah it was awesome Anyway, enough about me.
5: I remember because we we recorded that sax downstairs so that we had the like big room to record it in. Yeah, isn't it
0: insane? Like what chemistry they have together that Rachel can just be playing down, they can be playing in two separate rooms and know what the other's doing. And just like it's, I don't know, it was great.
4: That is cool. Congrats (laughs) to Spike and Loud as Folk. Hell yeah!
0: Ten fucking
4: years. Yeah, Big friends
0: years.
3: and supporters the whole time with uh, both of our programs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no,
3: Rory's dying. Yeah, sorry about that. I I got old in the last year. And <laughs> is, the it, is it the COVID though?
0: As long as it's not COVID.
3: You're oh off, no, I'm it's die. marijuana.
0: Yeah.
4: Marijuana. Okay. <laughs> I. Yeah. Mm. It's gonna be one of those shows <laughs> I, uh, Well,
3: I, I switched to Concentrate
4: uh, uh, In oh, the right. past
3: year And um, they don't really make you cough a whole lot Unless you take an enormous uh, Hit accidentally
0: Which yeah. is really fucking easy to do
2: yeah. Yes,
3: it is
0: <laughs> Holy shit Yes, been there
3: yeah. uh, We have a guest, let's talk to our guest
0: Hello yeah. guest Hi Kim Hi
3: Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the Worst Little Podcast, a Shannon Dobbs of On Common Ground, among other Reno-centric ventures. But that is your current Reno-centric project, correct? Um, <clears throat> well, it's bigger than Reno these days. but Yeah,
6: it's actually uh, it's it's centered bigger than Reno. It's gone to national and global. I'm, I'm basically converting the nonprofit organization into um, an advisory organization that's going to be working with uh, nonprofits all over the country. To uh, essentially implement the, the
3: the the programs and the models that we've developed. So to just fill people in, can you like maybe give us a little on common ground history in a nutshell, so our audience uh, kind of knows where you're coming from?
2: Okay,
6: yeah. So uh, um, actually, the the story of on common ground starts from when I was still running five star salon downtown in Reno
3: um yeah, you you brought a five star out of the sewers and into the glorious light for very much
6: Five <laughs> star rocked it, it's definitely doing really well i'm very proud of todd and eliza they've taken it uh, so many different places i could never take it to but i'm, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, what's going on downtown
3: so you were there and and what prompted uh what what is on common ground what prompted this
6: So it was kind of a long, strange trip. Um, I I was running the bar downtown and just having these conversations with uh, my my staff, with customers, people that, you know, college students, people that were living in the downtown area. And I was slowly coming to this realization that people were really struggling and having a difficult time being able to get to where food was and and to be able to eat healthy meals at home. And a lot of my friends were struggling with their weight and I was struggling with my weight. And so me and Michelle had gone through uh, a kind of a, you know, kind of a process where we were, you know, kind of struggling and getting our health back. And we realized how tough it was for us to do. And then I, I kind of connected the dots and I realized, wow, if it's really tough for me and I've got a car, imagine how, you know, I, I can start to empathize about like what everybody's going through and how difficult it is to kind of deal with these processes. So uh, we had the the five-star bar and then we also had Rise Nightclub a block away and, yeah. um, and the, the, the building had gotten damaged and we were trying to figure out what was going on with that property. And I had this smart idea that, hey, you know, we, we've got all this space on the first floor. We're not doing anything with it. The mayor has just come out with this uh, article. This is back in 2015 um, saying, hey, why can't we get a, gro- a, a grocery store in downtown Reno? Like, I, this is the first I realized that, like, the city leaders didn't really have a clue what to do either. And we're all just kind of kicking, you know, kicking rocks in the dark. i like, what do we do? And so as a property owner at downtown, I was like, well, I've got this space. So maybe I can connect up with a developer or a nonprofit or somebody to try and, and we can just use that space. I could just donate the space and like, hey, we're not using it anyway. Let's move this over and kind of make something happen. And so I, I, I went around and kind of did the rounds and um, just found out that the city wasn't really interested in, in getting involved with something like that. And the developers were, were all, you know, kind of really busy and looking for, uh, you know, like projects that were ground up type development. Like they didn't want to refurbish an existing
3: <laughs> Nobody wanted to have the responsibility on their plate.
6: (laughs) Yeah, well, I think everybody's just got their lane. You know, people, if you're running a business and you're running a model, then you've got your profit thing and you've got, you know, the thing that works for you. And stepping outside and trying something different, I think, was a lot. It it, It was. It's
3: scary to throw the machine off balance and, you know, chugga-chugga-chugga, it's going to fall over.
6: That's definitely part of it. And, um, I mean, you know, I I, kind of get, hindsight being 2020, I kind of get where the city was coming from. They weren't actually trying to solve the problem as, as much as they were trying to kind of attract a Trader Joe's or attract a name brand downtown that could give them a good, you know, feel good kind of situation. And so after a while, like it started to, it started to kind of gel that this wasn't going to happen if we just asked the community to kind of step up together and make it happen. And so I, you know, we, we kind of went through this long process and we kind of realized, hey, you know, we could actually start up our own organization and we could, you know, kind of, kind of run it as a nonprofit effort and do this a different way if we wanted to. And so, you know, I, I did a bunch of research. I, you know, went online, tried to figure out like, what is this grocery store thing anyway? Um, you know, there's a realization that at some point, at some level, the grocery store is not really that different from a bar. They're both retail establishments. You know, one of them is on premise and the other one's packaged goods. But, you know, it's, it's, it, there's, there's really not a whole lot of difference between the two models. And I've been They both
3: sell time. booze and people meet there, you know,
6: they,
2: they certainly <laughs> <can>. yeah. <laughs>
6: And so kind of that, that's really where it started is just trying to figure out, hey, can we use this, this um, stuff that we've got? Can we you know, slot into this in some way to try and make a difference? And, um, you know, as I just kept going through the process and we started learning more and more about the situation and started getting a better understanding of what was needed. Um, we got into a situation in, I think, 2017 where um, we ended up having to sell the property. And so the, the, the downstairs space ended up not being a viable option anymore. And so we kind of had to cast around and look for other opportunities, other ideas. And, uh, this city owned property that was, they used to be the bus hub downtown. Uh, I was, I don't know if you know about that park, like a couple of blocks, um, like on fourth street, just a couple of blocks east of, uh, of, of uh, center street.
3: The the old uh, RTC bus stop
6: downtown. Yeah, yeah the old yeah. RTC bus stop. Yeah,
3: where they had that in that, that indoor space that I believe there was. Gosh, I remember there were some pop up art galleries there in like 2012 or 13, like in the yeah, couple years right point. after they closed it.
6: And then the south building, uh, the the RTC or the the Reno uh, Police Department had taken it over as a as a bicycle transit kind
7: of. Yeah, their downtown. Uh, yeah. And they filled all the planters yeah. with rocks so that people wouldn't sleep in them. Yes, a- and they took out all
3: the benches. Yeah, Say it, yeah.
7: My friend says it always smells like pee there, but I haven't been.
3: It's yeah. always a been a popular pee spot since I moved <laughs> to town in 1996. They should put a bathroom
5: there. <laughs> oh no, that would just be helping, Rick. Right? You can't do that. Right?
7: Well, you no, know, I understand because <clears throat> then people will just do heroin in the bathroom. But whatever. <laughs>
3: Uh, I I mean, just not to take away from what Shannon's saying right now, but it is part of the problem, too. We do need more public restrooms downtown. Yes, people might do heroin. But gosh, I have less of a problem with somebody doing heroin in a bathroom stall than people shitting on the street.
7: Yes. And and, and especially during this year of COVID when there's no place to go into. Not that
3: people want the
7: homeless people coming in to use the bathroom anyway.
3: Oh yeah, they don't let them in the casinos. <laughs> like, right. It's, yeah, we. But we, the downtown area has a enormous lack of public restrooms, even especially for a city of our size. Right. We just act like these people don't need to shit, and then complain when they do in
7: the river. <laughs> yes. But I'm so sorry, Shannon. I didn't mean to interrupt.
6: No, no, you tie right into it. I mean, the the grocery store that we were envisioning was really something that could, uh, you know, really sponsor bathrooms on that on that location uh we were talking about getting a farmer's market we actually had an agreement with the city at one point to bring a farmer's market downtown and um that right about that same time i figured out uh so i was actually going through the winco uh shopping center you guys ever shop at winco yes all yeah. the time all the
3: time yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean,
6: Winco is like one of my favorite spots and i go in there shopping all the time for my family
3: and they have a great model
6: yeah yeah, an amazing model. It's also a uh, it's a cooperative, so they're they're yeah. fully owned, and they got like 165 stores across the uh, like nine states in the Western U.S. They're amazing, amazing store, and I hope they spread all across the country. And they're really strong.
7: They'll have to change the name, isn't the name an acronym acronym for the states that they're in?
6: Not a clue. Somebody told me <laughs> that the, the
7: the states that they're in that that's how they spell their name, and we're the oh, N. Wild. The Nevada is the well, yeah. N and Winco.
3: What's the well, I? I
7: think it's oh, Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, gosh. But I, that could be bullshit, but I I bought it. Again, I'm Sounds distracting right. from it's a the good story.
2: <laughs>
7: <laughs> so Winco's awesome. Now we're, no,
2: <laughs> no,
6: I'm enjoying the show. This is great.
1: <laughs>
6: so uh, I was going through Winco and I, I kind of stopped myself in the bulk bin section. Uh, I was going through and I was, and I realized that that small, tiny little corner of the store had like 90% of the food that anybody actually needed to be able to cook healthy meals at home. And, and so if you had a yeah. fresh fruits and vegetables, maybe a small like vertical dairy uh, on onto a onto back wall to kind of give a little bit of milk for the cereal or something like that, you could actually run a bulk bin centric store, like a complete package free store in a much, much smaller footprint. And that can allow us to go from like the 17,000 square foot model that we had been envisioning for the rise building down to something much, much smaller and more agile. And so right about the time that we were losing our building, I got this kind of aha moment and I'm like, wait a minute, we could, we could fit this like a full service store into a really tiny footprint, which would be perfect for the downtown area because rents are really skyrocketing and it's, it's kind of difficult to find like a whole lot of square footage. And so I took this back and, and we had this whole conversation with the city. We ended up getting a, uh, an agreement, a memorandum of understanding signed with the city manager To uh, operate a seasonal um, uh, farmers market on that on that plot, and we started having conversations about possibly taking that north building and turning it into a full time grocery store. Once the the art guy that was renting that space and nobody ever knew where he was, but once that kind of like that lease expired, we're talking about possibly folding that in and and actually solving this problem in a little three thousand square foot area instead of a big seventeen thousand square foot area, and that would be. You know, it's perfect because it's only two blocks away from the current bus hub. So not only downtown residents and university students, but also anybody who rides the bus, like anybody who doesn't have transportation has to go through downtown Reno in order to be able to get home from work or, you know, you know, go to groceries or whatever they got to do. So if you can cut that transit in half, if you can make them go, like if they're going home, if they're they're at work, they can go to downtown and then they could just stop and get their groceries, hop back on a bus and go home. It's going to cut people's transit in half. It's going
3: to And you really put, put the hammer to the nail on that one. The, uh, um, the, the hubless spoke wheel of, of, you know, Reno public transportation. You do have to go through downtown to get anywhere. Yes. And a lot of people going to, you know, like their food solution, their, you know, wherever they're going, they have to take two buses out and two buses back to do that uh, because of just the way things are structured in this town.
1: Yeah. So, really yeah, hard,
3: Down, downtown would really be phenomenal yeah. to have food there.
6: So my background was in the U.S. Army. I was a logistician, so I was, was in the food movement and, and kind of uh, taking care of the troops. I was kind of supply background. And so I immediately was like, oh, my God, this is, this is a huge thing. If you could get a full service supply depot where people can get to it, like this could really be a game changer. It could make a huge difference in a lot of people's lives. It could reduce the mileage that's that's you could actually reduce CO2 emissions in the community because people would only have to travel half as far to be able to get to where the food is like it, it really just kind of it, it creates a passive solution. So instead of trying to bus a shitload of people out to you know the outskirts of the city to try and get to where the food is, you bring you, you, you provide a food solution close to where people are. And, and so that was that that was kind of the, the cornerstone of where we were going with OCG. And uh, so we had our agreement with the city and then that fell through. Um, the assistant city manager was was working with a private business in town that saw a competitive threat and and, and decided to kind of hijink the whole thing. Same guy that put the rocks in the uh, in the trees, by the way. <laughs> Tying that back in, so, sounds
5: and, like a great uh, guy.
3: So, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, I believe I'm aware of the city manager you're speaking of, and um, yeah,
7: man. <laughs> for all the money that those rocks cost, you could have got like two porta potties for a while, you know.
3: <laughs> not years. wrong so you saw a hole and you decided to fill it
6: pretty much and so we we had started shut up kim <laughs> right and we started our, our non-profit organization at that point so i mean what I, I talked to kim a lot about this was uh basically just outreaching the community letting people know hey we've got a solution uh you know let's all come together and make it happen and uh, you know that kind of stretched on and until until the city agreement fell apart and then all of a sudden, like, we were, we were kind of up against a wall and not really understanding what we were going to do going forward. Like, if you didn't have support from the city, like, what do you do? You know, what, what are your options at that point? And so, um, you know, we were kind of looking around and trying to figure this stuff out. And one of our, uh, one of our board members is uh, or was a co-manager over at the Morris Burner Hospital over on 4th Street. And, uh, and so she kind of reached out to the owner, and they had a conversation, and they had this whole kind of situation where they were trying to create a cafe in their, in their ground floor area. And they needed to subdivide the, the space in order to make it small enough that they could get uh, uh, fire suppression into place so that they could have their cafe and, and have a lot of music and everything, which was their main goal with with the space, you know, kind of for years.
3: Yeah, and that was the old uh, UNR boxing space, I believe.
6: Exactly. Yeah, so we ended up uh, connecting with the owner and we actually signed a lease in uh, in 2019 to take over just a small kind of thousand square foot space over on the on the east end of the building, I think it was. Like like farther away from the bus hub, I hadn't kind of into the towards night, Sparks Five One Two. Yeah, so we took that over in May of 2019, and we started building a store out, and we got that kind of about half built, and uh, um, again, a bunch of things fell through, and it didn't happen, and and we ended up kind of out on the on the street with boards in front of the doors, and we couldn't get in after a while. And
3: Shit, <laughs> uh, that's always a bad day at work. Yeah.
6: <laughs> Yeah, that that was a that was an unfortunate circumstance. Unfortunately, uh, um, that whole relationship fell apart and the lease wasn't honored. And we've actually got a lot of, to the best of my knowledge, we've got a lot of fixtures and refrigeration equipment and staging stuff in the backyard of the Morris to this day. Like, I don't I don't think anybody's moved it, Um, but our staff could never get back in to get our stuff out. And we just basically locked out of the space. And then the pandemic hit. Me and Michelle were already planning on moving out of country. Uh, So, so that kind of turned into a whole hiding under a rock for a while thing. And, you know, we've just been uh, um, kind of putzing around for the last year. And since we were at a country. Oh, by the way.
3: Sorry to interrupt here, but I, I thought we should let our listeners know that this is, I believe, our first international podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you guys are, are – simple. now, are you like full-on expatriates? Or are you just kind of
6: slumming? Uh, yeah, no, right actually, uh, um, I'm on a VPN, so technically I'm coming in from San Francisco right now. Oh,
1: but, but, <laughs>
6: <laughs> but, but Yeah, yeah we're, we're south of the border Full time yeah, Nice place And the residency card And everything like that
3: So you shifted down there For uh, uh, sunnier beaches And um, uh, then was
6: all, This was all part of the plan Like we we had been playing mm-hmm. Five-star saloon And kind of getting into retirement I had a disability pension From the army And so, you know We'd kind of been moving In this direction for a while It wasn't like, you know Hey, fuck you guys I'm out of here No, it was, it was more like of a plan (laughs) our board knew what was going on we kind of had a a limited time frame where where we were going to be able to personally be involved with you know kind of what was going on in reno and then you know that time just kind of expired and and we ran out of uh ran out of the ability to kind of impact what was going on in there so what we're really hoping is that locals are going to step up at this point and and, and take the ball and continue running it because you know reno hasn't uh uh, stopped meeting groceries and it hasn't stopped meeting these solutions and we've actually uh, there's
3: still a lot of people with food anxiety out there
6: uh, more than ever right now and and, yeah really cool about the uh the bulk model of of, of, you know kind of taking that bulk section and and putting it downtown the cool thing about commodity food is that unlike branded packaged food it's it's dirt cheap like it's super healthy and it doesn't cost that much
3: right
6: a pretty good amount of like produce dried can get meats dried you can get grains dried like all of this good stuff and if it's not in a package and you're not paying all that extra transit and packaging and you know all these other costs that are thrown into it 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 ends up making fresh nutritious food really reasonable for people and so like that's what that's the real the big message that i want to kind of pass on everybody is like this is very feasible you know even if if, even if we can't do it in the morris or even if we can't do it with the city's uh, uh you know help and blessing like This is still a very, you know, it's a very viable uh, uh, project, but with all the difficulties that we had in Reno, what we did was kind of refocus our efforts on, you know, reaching out to organizations and communities that don't have this kind of committed opposition to, uh, you know, taking care of their people. And so we're kind of going in a different direction um, as far as like just not wanting to beat our heads against a wall anymore.
5: Fair enough.
3: (laughs) I want to keep going down this road here, uh, but let's take a little bit of break and have a song. Rick, uh, what what do we have lined up in the jukebox this week? We have lots and lots of things. Who
7: should get to go first? Because we each uh, picked out songs.
3: Okay, Shannon, I want you to choose a number between one and ten. Whichever one of us gets closest to that number gets to pick.
6: Like, you guys got like a back-end thing going on. All right, seven. Seven.
3: No, uh, wait, no. Uh, you <laughs> said,
6: shit. Shoot again, but don't tell us. No,
4: no,
3: no. I was thinking I five. I want uh, you to pick a number and not tell. Us.
6: Kind of I want to play telephone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the judge here, so you pick a number and don't tell us, and then all we're right, all right, going to say, say and it can't be it's seven. Price like is right. <laughs> the closest without going over.
6: That just makes it too easy. You're like it's one in nine. It's, it's only nine numbers. Now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, shoot. Four. Eight. Two. Six, five. I didn't even want to let everybody finish. Like four was it? <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Like, I wanted to be polite though. Like, like yeah, everybody should just go. And the universe <laughs> <That's> aligns <nice. laughs>
3: once again to show that I'm in charge. Um, no, I'm not in charge of anything, much less my own life. Uh, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and start this uh a show off with uh the first song on vague choirs enjoy your decay lumber jerk
7: and the boys are the wow. shit.
4: Love them. Love the vaquire. I. I
7: that's just.
5: them? <laughs> Love them.
2: Oh. I'm like, wait.
5: <laughs> exact opposite. Well, I mean,
2: uh, right. not
5: exact opposite. I mean, I mean depending I on the context. <laughs> right. Like, I'd like to fuck fuck them. It's pretty close to love them.
7: (laughs) It can
3: be the same thing. They're sexy. And that Jason Thomas. Oh, boy. Oh, (laughs) God. I'm fanning myself now.
2: Uh,
4: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe let's talk about the old days at the Five Star and some of your um, better memories. That would be awesome for radio. (laughs) And for... For the internet, because we can, you know, we can curse and whatever. We talk about whatever we want on the show.
6: Right on. Oh man, you're talking about like 11 years of operation. Those are from 2006 through 2017, and that was, I mean, it was a journey. God like, damn we it! Had,
7: that is right when I quit were some drinking. What? That is right when I quit drinking.
3: <laughs> yeah, I did not quit drinking or anything else during that time period, and I don't remember how much fun
6: I had there. Unfortunately, <laughs> I got the uh, I got the, the the spot behind the spotlight, so I ended up being able to kind of just watch all the shows from an elevated view. And uh, unfortunately, I had to do all my drinking after shift, so
2: uh-huh.
6: it worked
3: out pretty well. You ran we were saying uh, Rise and Five Star, right? Yeah, yeah, we started concurrently. With us. What's that? Concurrently, correct?
6: Yeah, well, I mean, we never stopped at yeah, five-star and, and and rise only lasted for a year and a half. We opened it yeah. in, in July 5th, 2012. Gosh. And, and we shut down in November. Yeah, no, but
3: uh, Clubs went up in that space and came down faster than like so fast. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I would say faster than a club, but it is a club.
6: <laughs> I, I've heard so many people be like, dude, this place is haunted. What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well I mean like it, it,
3: I mean In a decade I could think It was like six different clubs You know Like uh, from 2000
6: to 2010 Well five of them Were the same owner though Like they just kept They kept closing down And redecorating yeah. like, like Reno Live Was also You know Manhattan Club It was also 210 North Yeah you No know, 210 was upstairs But like yeah There was there was a period of time before. Oh that was
3: just the go. upstairs
6: Yeah 210 Uh was and let me see if i remember my my rise building history so 210 north was ichiban and then ichiban moved over uh, to yeah. whatever casino like harris or whatever and yeah you know, which is now closed cool. yeah. super wealthy family moved in and and turned it into a mega club upstairs and and you know upgraded all the systems
3: that's right yeah
6: and i think that lasted maybe 5 years
3: crazy the geography of downtown has changed a lot
6: <laughs> probably just in the last year
0: and downtown is just not, I mean, it's not what it used to be when I was partying down there. I mean, you go down there now and it's just deserted. There's no businesses mm. open. And not even just from COVID, like before yeah. COVID. All a the lot bars, of that had started. Closed, like, it's just, it's just kind of sad down there now. And the five-star was always like a bright spot for me.
3: The West Street Enclave. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean five Just Star very- is still there. I haven't mm-hmm. been I haven't really been there since COVID, obviously, but you, you know they've been they open this stuff? whole time,
6: like an emergency food supply place. Oh
0: wow well. and
6: for a long time they were because the casino shut their food service down. So five star was one of the only places downtown where you could actually get food. Yeah. for, like, for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. I I, I keep cool. an eye on things, you know, like for my perch guardian <laughs> 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 angel from Mexico, and like, ah, oh, don't make me come back here. <laughs>
0: So I want to bring up a thing that's really special to me that you guys used to do a lot when you owned the five star, uh, is you did a lot of ke- uh, community benefits and fundraisers. Yes, we for, did. for many of my friends. And also for me, which was one of the most touching things that's ever like happened to me is that Michelle reached out to me, uh, when I was going through, the initial stages of being diagnosed with my back problems and the subsequent surgeries and all that. And yeah. you guys threw me like pretty much the baddest ass fundraiser ever. <laughs> and um, I can never thank you guys enough for that, but you've done that for me and for countless other people uh, in the community. We were so happy.
6: We use the space as a community gathering place. And I mean, that's what it, Okay, so when I first took over that bar, it as it was me and my ex-wife Sophia had taken that place over, we moved up from Vegas. And uh, when we first came in and took the place over, we got we we got to interview the landlord, and he was the original owner of Five Star from 1971. This guy named Bill Bill Heggie, and um, you know, like this guy gave me an entire education about Stonewall and like the riots in New York and like the history of the LGBT community. And I mean, we sat and talked for like three, three and a half hours. And I got, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about what was going on. You know, we just moved up to Vegas, like, Hey, there's a cool bar for sale. We can run it, you know, whatever. But then we came out of that interview and it was like, wow, this is, this place is like a, a, a real icon for the community. And we have to treat it as such. And Bill actually asked us as a favor, he was like, Hey, take care of my place for me. You know? And, and just make sure that, that everybody's got a home, and so we took that seriously.
0: Yeah, you did, and it was, and it, it was like that for sure. Good for me and lots and lots of other people for a long time.
6: Hopefully, it still is. We, we partied hard there. <laughs> we you
0: partied hard for good reason, yeah. good causes a lot of I the time.
6: Know. I don't actually know how many people knew, but uh, we, we've had an agreement. We've had a, a, a collaboration with Washoe County Health District since the year I took that place over. So all the way back in 2006, we became a designated distribution facility for distribution site for condoms and lube for the community. And so this I is, did not know that. So that's and, and then we started really tying in with uh, um, Northern Nevada Hopes like way before they were a hospital and back when they were doing HIV uh, uh, testing. Yeah.
3: I come to think of that. I remember that on flyers. So we did
6: blood drives. We did HIV testing. We did um, education and counseling. Like we tied in with a, uh, uh, there was a Lake Tahoe chapter of a, um, of a bondage group even that came down and they would do live demonstrations sometimes. Like, and it was just anything that people needed. And you know, if you needed a space and you could fit it in there, let's make it happen. And so that, that was, for me, that was a really exciting situation because I really got to use this opportunity to tie into the community that, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I moved here from somewhere else. I grew up in New Mexico. So like, I, I'm, I wasn't familiar with Reno and I didn't know a whole lot of people here, but like, that was such a huge connection for me with everybody.
3: Well, it really became a, a, in a lot of ways, a very central point for, uh, uh, the, the rainbow community in Reno, um, kind of a, a, a catalyst and meeting place that has since then, people needed more places because there were so many people meeting up there and it became, it was six, you know, now we have, first it was build our center, now it's straight up our center, you know, and, and a lot of that came out of the uh, good community that I think that the five-star environment uh, uh, fostered. Always, you know, sex positive, always uh, safety first kind of uh, attitude. And that's important, I think, in the uh, uh, nightlife community these days, Um, uh, especially the safety part, Uh, because there's there's a lot of uh, jackassery in the nightlife. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And you guys were always incredibly inclusive. Yeah, Um, it was there was never a barrier for entry there. You didn't have to be this gay to ride this ride, you know, like you could be questioning, you could be figuring your stuff out you could be straight you could be whatever and people would still like serve you a drink and give you a hug and be super friendly and everybody was welcome there and that's what i appreciated about five star the most
6: actually i do have to push back on that a little bit oh there was one group that we uh that that we specifically excluded from the five star on a regular basis and we did it very very strenuously
0: were they assholes
6: yeah assholes and predators
0: Oh, well, absolutely yeah. not. That's not we, what I need. Mean. No, no, <laughs> no I mean, we you written,
3: created yeah, a yeah. safe She's space this, where so. predators were not welcome,
2: for yeah, sure. No, yeah. we, had
6: a, we, we had a rumor that I started, um, probably hear it still, that, uh, that we had a magical uh, rainbow gate at the door, and that assholes actually couldn't physically get in the building. <laughs> And And it would would lighten the mood. Like people would be like, "Oh, I don't know what's going on." We're like, "No, this asshole free. If you made it in, you're cool." And and like like that was kind of our that was our our way of like welcoming welcoming people into the crew.
0: Well, like you guys did such a good job that like as a patron, like none of us ever knew that there were assholes. Like you you did a good job weeding them out. You know. You know, okay, well, because
3: I can say from personal experience that at one point in time, that was not a safe space. I know. That no. was, in fact, a wolf's den. I was <laughs> drinking
7: before you took over the five star and I remember the pre you five star
2: and it was a terrifying it, place.
7: <laughs> it was a place yeah. that I still think back and think, did I actually witness that in a public place? Like, there, th- there are memories <laughs> were- I have that I'm, like, shocked that that actually happened. I would take yeah. straight friends there just to show them how terrifying gay life could be.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I- I no, it was a, a scary, scummy place. And, and I'm glad that my backpack is the only thing that I lost there yeah. back in those days. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> so i just want to get a word in and say kimmy everybody come visit us so we can give you real hugs too oh
3: michelle. hi
0: michelle
6: welcome to the show
0: oh thank you i know i'm very nosy i just popped in
6: you were actually michelle for part of this show until I came <laughs> yeah,
0: you were here in spirit. all right
6: i'm out Bye <laughs>
0: bye-bye, bye-bye.
6: So we bought a five-star salon site on scene. It was a uh, Sophia had pulled out a line of credit on her condo in Vegas. and so she was a flight attendant and I was actually going to school and it was her bar. And I remember when we came up, it was new year's Eve of, uh, of 2000, I guess coming into 2005. And, and we walked into that place. It was me and Sophia and, and another friend and we walked in, it was like a half hour before the ball dropped on new year's Eve. And we came into this place and there was like seven people in the whole building and five of them were drunk around the bar and two of them were drunk behind the bar and there was this sad, like dark stage over there with a with a half deflated yeah. snowman and yes. there was, like bondage gear on the walls with this picture of a nine-year-old kid in a cowboy suit. And there was like, and you were sticking to the carpet on the way in. And, I mean, it was scary. And and we actually looked at each other <laughs> at one point, like like we we seriously considered walking away from our money and be like, you know what, we don't this is this is more than we bargained for and we ended up sticking it out and like we you know we basically had the attitude coming in it was like we're not going to operate a place that we wouldn't go to and we absolutely won't go to this place so we like just cleaned out i, I rented a uh, uh like a like a moving truck and we filled it up three times with garbage that we pulled like broken furniture and all kinds of shit that we pulled out of the bar like three three moving trucks full of crap Jeez. And just kept
3: going. You're bringing uh, back memories that I never wanted to remember.
6: Yeah, sticking to the carpet.
3: To <laughs> the sticking to the carpet. Oh my god, I remember that so viscerally. <laughs>
6: the carpet. The dude was so cheap. <laughs> bought it half one. price.
3: Never cleaned it.
6: <laughs> a quarter a quarter of gallon for the paint that he used. This shit brown. It literally looked like the color of baby shit. All over the walls, all over
3: the streets. Oh my God. I remember the 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 shock of going there the first time it was like well lit and there were smiling faces there, not scary tweakers and river oh, yeah. people afterwards.
7: <laughs> and then and I was like and I was shocked that they had they had um, lesbians posted at the bathrooms to make sure nobody was doing anything Monitoring. wrong in the bathroom. And it was like and only one person at a time, or I remember being like, Oh, they know what's up. Because the bathrooms were not a safe place
1: Before that At all
0: I remember the first time I came across that And I thought why in the hell are people guarding the bathrooms
1: Oh really you should have seen, be seen be What
0: was going oh, on
3: before no, was, Holy didn't shit you not want to be considered like the bathrooms and Visions
1: <laughs> It was so bad Kim. It was yeah. so bad Yeah <laughs> <laughs> They didn't
6: have doorknobs On the doors <laughs> they had not the used to be. <laughs> inside of the bathroom were covered with plywood that had been there for so long that it soaked up urine for years and it was like, oh a, God it was, oh my God, it that- four or five inches thick. We had to rip the walls out of the bathroom and replace them with melamine and like kind of go through the whole renovation process. Some of the wow. shit we found inside the walls like I don't even wanna, I don't want to bring that up on radio because I'm afraid that the internet
0: might break.
2: <laughs> 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 <That was> good
3: gross. <laughs>
0: Uh, So no treasures, you never found anything good. Find good?
6: (laughs) 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 We found okay, so so let me tell you a couple things that we did find. Um the so so just when you first walked in, you remember that 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 kind of uh, uh like booth, like elevated booth where like the ticket booth? Yes did you yeah yeah okay so did you ever notice down on the wall on the side of the booth like kind of over where the cigarette machine and the atm machine were at did you ever notice those uh um the mailbox the the the, the, like big square of mailboxes
0: what no
6: okay i don't remember that that? but i I mean todd may have pulled those out of there or they may still be there i have no idea like they were there when i left in 2017 so go down and, and check it out and see if they're still there but so, so back in the 1970s, the five-star saloon was a key club. And what oh. that means, yeah, so a key club is a place where you have, like, these mailbox keys, and there's two keys per box. And so what would happen is, like, you would put your car keys into this mailbox, and you would take a key, and you would put it in your pocket, and the other key would go in a fishbowl. And at the end of the night, you pulled, a, you know, like, somebody would pull a key out of the fishbowl, and whoever's box that went to, that's who you're going home with that night.
3: Yeah. Damn.
2: So
6: that's, hey,
3: that that's all sophisticated like sixties right? swinger yeah. style Way shit. Way my know? time.
6: Like, like, now all we got but was, but
3: if uh, it was uh, Reno in the 80s, yeah. it was just kind of seedy and gross. Yeah, that was one
6: thing. But yeah, I I mean Reno did
3: have a lot more <clears throat> anonymous clubs back in the day where um things were maybe public and poly (laughs) or would you know our bathhouse uh uh, type environment that is is largely disappearing
0: yeah do we still have the
6: bathhouse yeah that's on second street that's never going away no but that call our strategy so so when we took over five star we dialed it back to an r rating like, we just told everybody, like, it's an R-rated club now, you, you know, like, nothing that you can't do, like, you, you, you can go down in your underwear, you can do salacious shit, you can make out on the pool table, I don't care. But, you know, it's, it's R-rated, not X-rated, and we don't cross that line. And so we yeah. would tell people, we would tell our bartenders, like, if anybody wants to get, you know, too frisky and they want to get crazy, like, don't tell them no tell them there's a place for that. And we would send them down to the bath, down to the bathhouse. And there
2: you
3: go. Yeah.
6: And that was like, and, and it was great because we were given, you know, we were given industry business. We were keeping it out of our bar. Like it, it, it was such a huge win-win for us to be able to kind of incorporate that collaborative process. And that process taught me, like that was actually an educational process. And we used that same thing to deal with other bars around the corner. Like when we started doing the crawls and we started doing the uh, like, we started kind of incorporating the same trick, to be able to work with bars and, and, and other organizations that would be our competitors. But instead we were all working together to try and get everybody downtown. And then we developed this really cool crawl culture.
3: Create a family. Yeah.
6: Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Every bit about it. But like, like I was so all over every bit of that.
0: As well, part of the pop- crawls. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
3: Oh, no, you go ahead. I was just going to suggest oh, we get just... to another song. We're having so much fun talking to Shannon. And <laughs> like, we, you know, we got a little music to play too. Emory Lane, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's play
6: a song. Ooh, my turn, Are my you turn. Sure?
3: We can talk about the crawls next then.
7: Yes, after this break. So I wanna I wanted to play you guys, you guys, everybody knows silver, everybody knows the grim tones, everybody knows uh tempo. But Tempo, the Grim Tones, and Silver all used to be a band called Karma. Who the fuck is Karma? They had stickers that said, who the fuck is Karma? I have one right here on my equipment. I'm
5: looking my at one equipment. right now, yes. actually. <laughs> and no one ever found out.
3: Right. It was sad because
5: they right. broke up and Because they left
3: for a tour and never came back. Right. Well, no, they, they came <laughs> they back for a show. minute. They one show. Yeah. They did. I and that show that.
7: was fucking fantastic.
3: Yeah, it well, was great that was a great show oh
7: god <laughs> Michelle's all like like, and she picked up a, a, a whiskey glass and she drank the whiskey down and then she began sloshing it all over the bar she used it as a slide, a slide. on her guitar and yeah god those fucking moments are like drilled into my head forever it was so awesome and Greg and fucking oh I love them so much so uh, but they did uh, they just put out a little um, EP and one of the uh-huh. songs on that is this lovely song that I'm about to play now You guys yep. hear that? That was fucking, it's, it was so much fun recording with wow. those guys, and they we actually used uh, like, uh, straws that were blowing air into um, um, glasses of water to make the bubbly noises in the beginning, and we had a lot of fun uh,
3: You and Michelle always just get up to recording Dude. hijinks. But no, oh, but like, don't
7: forget, Greg is like that too, so it was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he is. It was
3: just nuts. He definitely has an extra helping of the fuck with it, Gene. Yes, yes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and meanwhile, Carter's just like, yeah, whatever, man whatever, I'll keep it beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Has anyone seen the Grimtones lately? Or Michelle? Or have you worked with them, Rick? Or has anything they just
3: did an online acoustic show, I believe Or no, not online It was a acoustic show It
7: was at Alturas oh, And I would have been yeah. there But I had a session that night And I booked it right before she told me They were having a show that night Because I would have fucking killed to see that. I bet it was so amazing.
0: I can't wait to see them again. Yeah, I also did not
3: attend, but wished
5: I had. Yes. (laughs) So
1: awful.
5: Um, I think the last show that I saw before COVID... Yeah. I think the last show I saw before COVID hit was the Grim Tones. I don't remember what bar it was at, but it was like right before everything got shut down. I want to say that that was
3: at... uh, Chicago downtown.
0: Ah, yeah, probably.
3: Uh,
5: Taste of Chicago. No, it was off. That was during COVID. It was like, oh, well, oh is that what I'm thinking? No, yeah. that was just okay. that, about that. Taste of Chicago was during COVID. Oh, okay, okay.
6: Did they drop? What's the that channel? Did they drop the hammer when COVID hit, or was there like a kind of a phase in period where like some people were playing and some people are opting out? and... Oh,
7: no, drop, oh, the no. drop the hammer. But but there was a period in the middle of it where they kind of went, well, if it's a restaurant and they're just playing like music there without it being a, an, an actual show, then it's okay. You could incidental sell music tickets to yeah, the, incidental ambient music. Ambient, music or ambient, or ambient yeah.
3: You ambient. couldn't sell tickets for a show, but you could have a band playing while people ate food.
6: Yeah. So they dropped the hammer on music. Got
3: it. Yeah, oh, it yeah, it was... You know, I mean, just like with everything, frankly, in the United States this past year, uh, it was handled um, haphazardly and inconsistently.
2: Eh. <laughs> how, you know. I agree.
0: Shannon, how how is it in Mexico? How do they handle stuff there?
6: Um, you know, there's definitely a lot less conflict. So, like, you know, there's you know, there's still people walking around every once in a while that don't have a mask on or. You know, some people have to get corrected, but everybody's a lot more polite about it here. And like, if somebody forgets or if somebody you know mentions it or whatever, then it's like, oh, okay, cool, or I don't have one or something. But th- there's not this whole like screaming and spitting people's faces, ripping masks off, like this this stuff that's happening north of the border with this this huge conflict and the partisan issues. Like, you don't see any of that down here, and everybody's just really respectful. Uh, it's almost
5: like it shouldn't be a political. issue. Sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sounds like they, adults
0: did they like shut stuff down like have you been oh, able yeah. to go to restaurants and like music uh, and stuff or did they shut down?
6: No, no. actually everybody in i mean there's still some bitching like there's some business owners that really wish it wasn't this way but i mean everybody just really kind of recognizes this isn't everybody in the same boat type of situation so mm-hmm. um for the most part like it, it's been very very few pieces like, like i haven't seen a whole lot of sit down anything like you've seen some patios open here or there um for a while you didn't see any street cards which like that's insane for mexico to not see street cards and those kind of came back pretty quickly because it was outdoor seating and everything like that and and, and takeout food kind of resumed pretty quickly but um i mean you know we're still definitely not back to full swing like they've even opened the tourist areas and the beaches are open now but um there's there's still some pretty you know restrictions they, they got the, the the different colors you know like mm-hmm. the yellow orange red and then apparently there's a purple that's like worse than red i didn't even know that
0: yeah, yeah, we have the same like you
6: watch out out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: do you have the vaccine or do they have it available down there? What are you guys getting?
6: Not commonly. I I'm I'm a veteran and so I got the vaccine through uh, the San Diego VA. Mm. And uh, Michelle actually just got her Johnson and Johnson back and so did her son um, up in San Diego. So like we crossed we're only an hour and a half drive from the border. So it's not we're not deep into the heart of Mexico here. You know, so we've got kind of all the convenience of San Diego with like none of the price.
0: Well, that was my next oh, question. Happy Where tourist land. <laughs> Sleep on your couch. <laughs> and yes,
6: the answer is yes, absolutely. we got a, uh, a guest house that we're just putting together right now, actually. Nice.
3: Is that going to be able to fit a family of five? <laughs> <laughs>
6: Seven.
0: <laughs> well, three of yours are small humans. So I'll, I'll show up on They can your, fit anywhere. Uh,
3: this fall.
6: everybody needs a vacation. Get down here and uh, enjoy the beach for a little while.
3: Oh, yeah. we're,
6: only, we're only 650 miles south.
3: Hey, I I, grew, I drive, drive back to St. Louis, Missouri on a regular basis. So that's oh, no sweat. Sure, <laughs>
6: that's
3: easy. <laughs>
6: now, this was a bitch of a trip for me with my bag. But yeah, if you're if you're used to Missouri, don't worry about it. Just go on down.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if you're used to Missouri, you can handle all kinds of pain, you yeah. <laughs>
6: know. Yeah, I went to basic training.
3: Oh, you did you go to Leonardwood? Yeah. Senior year of high school, I, for spring break, I went to visit a friend of mine in Rolla, and I took the Greyhound from St. Louis down to Rolla. I was the only person on that bus going to college. The other eighty-nine seats on the bus were taken by uh, uh, guys with like fresh haircuts and and ready to serve their country <laughs> <laughs> at Fort Leonard Wood. I had and the
6: same experience coming out of Fort Leonard Wood.
3: Oh it was just you and a bunch of college kids
6: No well it was just just me Part of my job was as a a Mandarin Chinese linguist So I ended up heading Mm. to uh, Central California to Monterey To go to language school there And like everybody else in my battalion Ended up going like right down the street To I don't even know Indirect fire or whatever the fuck They were teaching (laughs) in there I was like see you guys I'll never see you guys (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> Be right back.
6: Never on a jet plane.
3: Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, how long did you serve?
6: Uh ten and a half years total, but um I did I did six years active duty and then um after I got out of the service, I had this like there was this point when I was living in Las Vegas where I just had a huge brain fart. Decided I needed to get out, didn't know what to do, and I ended up signing back up, which was phenomenally stupid. I, I already had my back disability. <laughs> I was already basically fucked, and I'm like, oh yeah, let me go back in for some more. So I signed up for a three year contract in the Nevada Guard, and they sent me for a six month deployment to Georgia to learn how to operate satellite equipment, for, like turn into military mob bell. And when I got back, I was so jacked up and like, I, I you know, I basically killed myself and I took all kinds of pain meds just to get through the physical fitness test and graduate from the school. And I got back and talked wow. to the unit commander. I'm like, dude, I, I can't do this. And I'm like, you know, I'm like it's getting worse, whatever. And so I ended up getting put, put on light duty the entire time I was in the military the second time around.
3: Wow. I'm not a young man anymore. This hurts.
6: <laughs> no, it's yeah. well, I, I had a really bad injury when I was airborne in, the, in uh, Fort Bragg. And I landed like a sack of shit from a couple of hundred feet when my, my shoe partially um, collapsed.
5: Oh, damn.
6: And so I've been dealing with uh, degenerative disc disability ever since. Oh,
5: then. okay. Oh, geez.
6: Always the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, you break it, you buy it, I believe the phrase is.
6: <laughs> and they did. That's where the tension came from.
3: Uh, there you go. <laughs> Property of the U.S. government. Oh, we don't want this. Here's a check.
1: out of my face.
5: Let's have a song, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. This one's uh, not like this by Aaron Drive. Um, I recorded these guys. Uh, God, I can't remember how long ago. Three years, I think. Sounds three right. Three or four years, something like that. Rick was nice enough to let me borrow his studio for a weekend while he went off and like took some time to himself for once. Imagine that Rick taking time off.
7: Ian Um, actually like took enough time to learn how to work every single thing in my studio. So I keep telling my family if I'm killed by a bus, you give the entire studio to Ian. Because he knows where all the bodies yes. are buried. I mean, he knows I mean, how everything know, works. Like, I don't I
5: don't want you to die, but... And but we'll yeah. just
7: consider
3: this episode your living will. Yes,
7: amen. <laughs> so, Ian gets it all. Well, no, and somebody has, has to... Because every fucking... Every, uh, every band in Reno calls me every three years and asks me for another copy of their tracks. Somebody has to keep dealing with that for the rest of their life, Ian.
3: <laughs> That's true.
7: So, so even because he
6: knew how to work everything,
4: uh, he he showed with up great and power comes great
5: responsibility,
6: <laughs> like a monkey
1: popping
5: Yeah,
6: I got my wish.
5: Well, was I think it was like three days. We recorded four tracks. Um, this one is not like this. Um, and you know, like a little tidbit about this one is like we had the perfect drum take going, uh, and I think it's like it's like the last thirty seconds. You know, we're most of the way through this track the drummer's cymbal like cracked so we had to go in and do some post-production magic because it was it was the best take and i don't remember exactly what i did i think i blended the overheads from a different take into it It, getting into the weeds about it but like yeah see if you can notice where the cymbal changes here's aaron drive Great, Ian. It did. That, oh, yeah. yeah, thanks. Well, and I'm just still so amazed at like the songwriting capability of those. Because th- those guys were all like sophomores or something in high school. Like,
0: I was like disgusted. I was like, how are you all so good?
5: <laughs> like you're 15. <laughs> Yeah, you're all kids, and half of you can't drive your own cars. Like, right. what the hell is this? I think they broke up not too long afterwards, but I know Zach is still making music and stuff, and he's, like, been recording himself and figuring that whole side of thing out. That kid's going to do something with music in this town. It's going to Well, be. I,
3: you ought to reach out and, and see what he's doing. Maybe book him on the show soon. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Well, I'm just throwing it out there. We'll see what happens. And if you're listening, yeah, reach out to us. <laughs> He's not listening.
7: Please. Nobody. Listens. When he finds out, we played one of his fucking songs.
4: <laughs> or if you're a listener and you know a band, send them our way. You know? Oh, always. Facebook or wherever. Oh,
3: and for every guest that recommends a band that gets booked on the show, we'll give you an episode for 50%
5: off. Fucking A. <laughs> and speaking of you know being an active listener you can if you want to be even more involved you can head on over to patreon.com slash Little podcast give us five dollars a month and you'll get a little extra bonus show with some extra music exclusive that you guys get to hear that's not on the main show and also there's no rory wins all around amen so check it out my favorite part of patreon.com yeah it definitely is Uh, So that's patreon.com slash worst Little podcast
3: Yay For the internet and shilling So quiz time (laughs) Quiz time As you wish (laughs) Mr. Dowd Oh thank you thank you (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen Boys and girls um, Should I even keep introducing this It's the worst little quiz of the world We're going to ask Shannon A number of Awkward questions and confusing questions, and hopefully he'll be able to navigate and be uh, judged, mocked, and ridiculed by his peers. Are you ready to play? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yay!
3: He waved two little flags when he did that. It was cute. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, So, I'm going to make Rick go first. I want to know,
7: what uh, sorts of things did you have on your walls when you were growing up?
6: <laughs> um, which part? I was in a military high school, but uh, so not much.
7: <laughs> oh shit! That sucks. So your your like early personality was it was just barren walls. There were rules.
6: Almost non-existent. Yeah, it was it was pretty uh, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I had uh, just had some posters. Not a whole lot, really. What were they? I don't even remember. Like when I was a little kid, I don't even remember. I had some uh, some motocross stuff because I was riding motorcycles. Since I was six, so I, I was kind of
3: into that. But I never got into competition, so I mean, I had No, some... like, Kathy Ireland or Budweiser beer dog. Backstreet
7: Boys.
6: I mean, that came later.
7: <laughs> a giant picture of a Lamborghini with a woman. Nothing. Possibly.
6: Very possibly. Tony Catan. <laughs> <laughs> On a car. At this point, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> right.
7: That question sucks. I, I want to do-over.
6: All right, we'll come back what? to you. No, but I'm gonna. No, we're oh, coming hey, back to okay, you, you have on. a question? I don't really remember what when I had in my wall last week.
3: <laughs> what I, I, I you know I have a question. What's the dumbest way you've injured yourself? But it seems like you've already heard that. Uh, what is the no. dumbest thing you've done to? Oh, you've got a better injury oh, no, story. I got,
6: I got even dumber ways of injuring myself. Oh, oh all right. is awesome. what is the
3: absolute dumbest way you've injured yourself?
6: Okay, so it's a tie. It's either uh, last okay. year, last year I was uh, I was on a rope swing in Donner and the rope swing broke halfway through and put me down onto a rock. Mm.
2: Shot on
6: wrist in three places. Damn. So that was and
3: You're over the age of forty five, right?
6: Yeah, right. So, <laughs> 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 so that was absolutely retarded. But luckily, I, I had I was I don't know if any any of you know what uh, uh, Australian rappel style is.
2: I had, uh,
3: yes. I you go down face first.
6: Yeah, well I wasn't doing that, but I was I did have my my wrist locked under my ass. So instead of breaking the
3: yeah.
6: rock, I hit my wrist instead. So so that was kind of lucky. And I'm not the one that broke the rope. So I'm gonna say that wasn't the stupidest thing I've ever done. My my absolute Oh god, it's still a tie. Fuck. Okay, so so <laughs> My first year of college, uh, when I was at USC, before I dropped out and joined the army, I was taking this class called Dux Ryu, which is uh, kind of an oddball martial art that was invented by this dude that won the Kumite in Thailand. And Frank Dukes? Yeah, Frank Dukes. (laughs) And so I was taking this class for like eight months, and for some absolutely moronic reason, after the class was over, I decided I was going to teach myself how to foot sweep. And um, so the, the mat was not, <laughs> my, it wasn't a foot sweep kind of mat. Like it had, it had runnels and it was loose and the fabric was all over the place. And so I'm sitting here fucking around with this foot sweep. And like the first time I did it, I'm swinging around and my big toe catches on the mat and snaps sideways. Oh! oh, I, oh. I didn't break it, but I just dislocated it, like completely out of the. Blade, like, like, like the, the bone was sticking up, and the toe was sticking. Oh, up. No. And I mean, I was just. Oh, you broke the skin. I broke the skin. Oh god! Oh god! And, and they had to rush me over to the hospital, and they you know put they put like like twenty uh, injections in to to like lower down the pain threshold so that they could pull the tendon out and snap it back into place. Oh and then, god! So
2: yeah. I, like, <laughs> oh. Oh <laughs> That's like
3: yeah when you when you break your long bones they have to pull and stretch and put oh yeah no no. So
2: that was
6: that was really really stupid um three months later I ended up in the hospital again because I ate too many corn nuts and couldn't shit for three days so
2: that was- <laughs> 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 okay that
1: wins
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice I mean, I'm gonna allow it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take the
6: cake with the absolute stupidest thing I've ever done okay. So I'm five years old in the YMCA, and I'm playing in the sandpit, and I found a piece of rebar that somebody had left on this on the space, and it was about the same length as me at that point. So I decided, hey, I'm going to use this as a spear. So I started spear chucking this thing into the sandpit, and then I had the bright idea I was going to crawl up on the wall on the wall next to the sandpit, and I was going to chuck the, my spear in the sandpit from there, and then I would jump down off the wall, and I would get my spear and go back up on the wall and throw it again. Well, about the third time I did this, I landed on the spear.
3: Oh, oh god. I saw that coming. Oh god. no, no, no,
6: no! Uh. Or anything like that. Like I caught the <laughs> ear and ripped it off. Your ear, my ear. Oof. I out the scar, I ripped my ear. like it was held ah. by a piece of, of, of skin that was just like this oh, big. Oh my
1: god! So
6: oh. Uh, Well, I mean,
3: and it's just literally, it's just the acoustic chamber for your ear. It's not like you need need
6: it. it. (laughs) As as you go farther back in my life, it just keeps getting stupider.
7: Dude, if I I was your parents, I would have sent you to military school.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're
3: still alive, so obviously you've gotten better at it.
2: I have gotten
6: better at time. Actually, that's one of the reasons I kept going into martial arts is because I wanted to learn more like footwork and more tumbling and more ways to kind of avoid inevitable you- damage. Now, I, took, <laughs> I took an Aikido class in Reno for like two and a half years. And um there's here's an interesting kind of like got out of stupid injury story. Me and Michelle were riding our bicycles over on over by Idlewild Park and I decided I was gonna go down this like side ramp or, or just you know kind of like a like a grassy, you know, kind of dirt filled area over to the next section. But what I didn't know was that the parks department had just come through that area and they had added like this much mulch into that spot. So it was uh-huh. just this loose ground that was like mostly air. And when I went in, my front tire just went into it and sank all the way in. Oh, God. Like going into a runaway truck. Uh, uh,
5: yeah, so uh, I, runoff. I flew like, yeah. my
6: handlebar and I just like, I'm doing the Superman going across. And, and because I had taken this Aikido and because I knew how to tumble, I just, I, tucked into a perfect tumble and I came up in fighting position. I'm like, what the fuck just happened?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those reflexes kicked like, in. Did you
6: see that? And
0: she's like, I just saw that. I can't believe you just did that.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I was like, I looked out. I probably should have broken my neck that time. All right, Kim.
0: If you could be any two animals combined, what would they be? And which half would they be?
6: I want to say jackalope, but um, God, two animals. I'm drawing a blank. Um, okay, probably a dolphin and a some type of bird.
4: <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs>
6: That's
2: fucking crazy.
6: I think it would be so amazing to like do the dolphin thing and then just jump out and never come back and just like fly off to a different part of the ocean.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys, I'm out of here. Woohoo!
6: <laughs> yeah, I've been playing with a bunch of dolphins and like seagulls and shit out here. So I was like, that, that's the first
0: thing that came to my head. There you uh, go. It's
4: so rough. <laughs> <clears throat> my question is, have you ever seen a UFO or a ghost? I am a ghost. So you've seen yourself in the mirror. Has no, you're just very pale. You're not a ghost.
6: okay so another stupid story i was uh when i was in military school it was in south texas and uh and i'd grown up in new mexico so like my whole early childhood i was by far the whitest person in my in that i'd ever seen in my life and so i had these these group of friends that were like from you know mexican nationals they were coming over they they were uh, going to school and uh, i was on the track team my senior year and so i got this nickname of rayo blanco which means ray of light and and so my by, like, my American nickname all the way, like, from high school all the way through the Army, and, and you know, I kind of dropped it when I got to Reno, but, like, for the longest time, I was I was cast with a friendly ghost.
4: UFOs that was not- a good story, but did, no UFOs? No, no extraordinary.
6: Yeah, nothing I could say that was, like, really, you know, I mean, I've definitely thought I'd seen a bunch of things, but that was probably the drugs.
3: Yeah. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair we enough. appreciate Mulder, your honesty. <laughs>
7: the military swore you to secrecy, too, so...
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ian. All right. This is an old one, but a classic. Um, you're being walked down the green mile, uh, you know, to go to the execution chamber. You can have one comedian dressed as a clown walk with you for that final mile. Who is that comedian?
6: That's got to be Robin Williams. Not bad.
5: Nice. Ah,
2: yeah. yeah that's pretty on. uh, yeah.
5: a pretty good one. Good answer, but
3: incorrect. Uh, <laughs> well. uh, the correct answer is always Jerry Lewis. Yeah, nobody gets it right, which no, proves no.
4: that nobody listens to the show as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: uh, uh, Nick with his sleepy jokes, he comes through. <laughs> All right, Rick, round two. Better make this a good one. Like you over. What is the oh, dumbest girl. thing you ever shoplifted?
6: Stereo system, nice. Wow. How would you do yeah. that?
1: Uh, car, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah I was gonna suck. say car home.
6: Uh, it was a home. It was a Bose stereo system. Oh. Wow, big ticket item. That is, is no, not where did, dumb. Out
1: of
0: where did you hide it?
6: I didn't. I walked out with it over my shoulder. Oh shit. <laughs> I, like it didn't even bother hiding. I was like, I was like, if they stop me, I'll just say, "Oops, I, I was looking for the bathroom. Sorry, you know, whatever."
5: He's <laughs> got that confidence Walk straight out the store. Wow that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's some big brass ones there
0: I was gonna say big dick energy
4: But <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> This was many many years ago He was much yeah. much younger You can't prove a thing It's all allegedly. <laughs> outside legit This is an
3: entertainment show I know. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, we like to think. dare. Dare I? Dare I push for one more question? I think I should. Go What's for it. the most extreme or dumbest thing you've ever done to impress a crush or prospective partner?
6: Well, I, I bought
1: a gay bar with <laughs> <That's-> one. <laughs> well, <that's> pretty good. <laughs> i <Impressive. laughs>
2: might be love. Concert.
3: All right. Uh, I'm going to close the quiz down at that with 850,000 points even. That was a fine, fine appearance. (laughs) Good job. You brought some strong answers. It's definitely ranks in the top uh, 100. Yeah. (laughs) Of all quizzes we've given. (laughs) And it's weird that we've given more than 100 quizzes. Uh, Someday we'll have the big board uh, spreadsheet up and running on the website.
4: Yeah, we got to be getting close to 500 episodes,
3: right? That's amazing. You know, I kind of lost track during COVID. We could be at 800. We could be at four. I don't know.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Certain things just uh, don't matter as much it, as they used to. <laughs> it might be something, a project worth giving to an intern. I wonder if we have one of those. Ragmop.
7: Right yeah, do you spell that fucking name? R-A-G-G-M-O-P-P.
3: Ragmop. Right Ragmop. So, coincidentally, uh, the wife and I uh, were putting on the Spotify uh, recently, and one of the mixes that we came across and, and have been playing uh, quite frequently has been the Birth of Rhythm and Blues, which oh. features, as far as I know, every goddamn song in a John Waters movie.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's awesome!
3: <laughs> um, it, it's, oh... Uh, Uh, Please Mr. Jailer uh, uh, From Crybaby uh, uh, When she's begging him to let her baby go free uh, I'm forgetting the name of the song But at any rate It was just like one after another And it was like eight or nine John Waters songs in a row So it is currently my favorite uh, playlist on Spotify can't help it The girl can't help it Yes, that came up too Yep uh, but yeah, when Ragmop played, I I made uh, Ragmop come out of her, yeah. uh, iso- her teen isolation in her bedroom and listen to the song, <laughs> <laughs> and I danced around her and she just rolled her eyes. It was great.
5: Oh man, <laughs> I, dude, I can't wait to be listening to that old timey music in your house again, Rick. Uh, it's gonna be so nice.
3: I still get it. I
5: only
7: put it on though when I'm setting up drums, and there have been a few less drum setups lately, so.
3: Uh, I still have It'll a CD summaries. labeled old people music in Rick's handwriting. Yes,
7: yes. I had dozens of those. Do- and there was like old music, more old music, like uh, yeah, even yet more old music. Yeah, we just, yeah, because that was old back music to older music. These are in the days of LimeWire where you could download stuff and make a CD. We weren't up to like playlists yeah, uh-huh. and shit like that yet.
2: Uh,
3: but, but, but don't make a telephone call while I'm downloading these songs yes, for seven hours. Yes,
1: fuck up everything!
2: <laughs>
3: awesome. Uh, <laughs> we'd rip, we'd rip uh, uh, vinyl albums to CD. But don't shut any doors. Yeah, you might terrible. make the record skip.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, how many well, more songs do we have?
7: We just, just have one. We just have one, and it's Nick's Perfect. pick. Well, yeah. My king. What are you going to
3: pick? Uh, Nick? Oh,
4: Nick, Nick's yelling for his wifey. Of course, I'm going to pick... You know, I live with a rock star. Why not pick one of her songs? Plus, gives me husband points, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Two for one special, man. Right. And and Mikey is my hero. Um, she's an awesome mom, you guys. It's an awesome yeah. mom. I knew she was going to be, but uh, it's rad to see it in action, you know? That's right. uh, Mikey, if you can come in. Here she is. Um, So... Oh, she can't because of the baby, but anyway. Oh. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Mikey. Hi, Mikey. Hi, you guys.
0: Um, sorry, I can't come over, but she's on the verge.
4: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my song is from Eddie in the subtitles, and it's called You Can't Hurt Me Now. It's one of my uh, favorites. It's one that Eddie wrote more recently. And um, it, it's the guitar riff reminds me a little bit of like Kurt Cobain, a little bit uh, may rest in peace. Mikey plays the bass on it and there's some singing and Scott, this is one where Scott Bates from elephant rifle is the drummer now. Um, nice. Uh, Cause Spencer moved to Seattle. So uh, this is Eddie in the subtitles at the end of the show. So for all of us here at the show, and we would like to say
3: thank you to our guest, Shannon Dobbs. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Shannon. Uh, where can people, where can people go to find out more about on common ground?
6: Oh, you know what? Actually, this is a great time to plug my book. Is, is, do we have time oh, to- yes. Yeah. yeah. Go yeah, for it, please. please. So you guys are actually the first people to hear about it. Um, I uh, so Exclusive. So the last five years of, of running on common ground and working on these, these projects and trying to figure out, you know, the solutions for food access. Um, I figured out some really strong models and I'm putting it all together and I'm creating a book and I'm going to be publishing that hopefully by July 11th, which is my birthday. I kind of promised Mm -hmm. myself that I'd do that. So, um, so that's coming out. The name of it is going to be low hanging fruit. Nice, uh, nice. So easy, easy things that you can do in your community to be able to get food access is kind of the idea of it. Um, and it's going to be covering everything from the grocery store model to I figured out a way to retool restaurants into community food hubs so that we can actually like supercharge food access and food distribution and, and you know, capturing food waste and getting it back into the community as healthy food items. So, like, there's a whole bunch of different really cool stuff that we're going to be going through. Um, hopefully by July 11th, the website is ocgreno.org so we kept, the, we kept the name, we're going to be Reno forever, even though I'm like going to go global or whatever but uh, um, if you guys uh, get a chance, check it out um, when it comes out and uh, hopefully we'll blow this stuff up and change the world.
3: Damn! Excellent! Yeah. Former oh gay bar owners changing the world! Okay. Hey! hey. Uh, but really, thanks again. It's been a lot of fun talking to you this week. Um, so for all of us here at this show, uh, life is short, and we love you, ladies. Thanks for listening.
1: Take care. On the Worst Little Podcast, we're talking out of our ass.
6: for instant happiness in a pill.
1: Dogwater Studios!
6: They're smoking crushed aspirin. They're drinking band deodorant. They're injecting accent meat tenderizer.
2: What a bunch of shit.
6: Always in search for the magic high, the magic experience.